Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Welcome to the OpSense Inc. Report's first quarter fiscal year 2021 financial results conference call. All participants will be in a listen-only mode. Should you need assistance, please signal a conference specialist by pressing the star key followed by zero. After today's presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To ask a question, you may press star then one on a touchtone phone. To withdraw your question, please press star then two. Please note this event is being recorded. I would like now to turn the conference over to Robert Bloom with Lithum Partners. Please go ahead. All right. Thank you very much. And thank you all for joining us today for the OpSense first quarter fiscal 2021 conference call. With us on the call representing the company today are Louis Laflemme, OpSense President and Chief Executive Officer, and Robin Villeneuve, OpSense's Chief Financial Officer. At the conclusion of today's prepared remarks, we will open the call for a question and answer session. Before we begin with prepared remarks, just a couple of comments. Today's call will contain forward-looking statements that are based on current assumptions and subject to risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from those projected, and the company undertakes no obligation to update these statements except as required by law. Information about these risks and uncertainties are included in the company's filings, as well as periodic filings with regulators in Canada and the United States, which you can find on CDAR and the OpSense website. Today's discussion will include adjusted financial measures, which are non-IFRS measures. They should be considered as a supplement to and not a substitute for IFRS financial measures. Finally, today's event is being recorded and will be available for replay through both the webcast and conference call dial-in information provided in the press release. With that said, let me turn the call over to Louis Lafemme, President, Chief Executive Officer for OpSense. Louis, please proceed. Thank you, Robert, and, and good morning to all of you. Uh, we are excited uh, to speak with you today for our first quarter fiscal 2021 conference call. Let me also take a minute to greet the French-speaking audience. Bonjour et bienvenue à notre conférence téléphonique d'Obsense pour le premier trimestre de l'exercice 2021. Merci beaucoup de vous joindre à nous aujourd'hui. As many of you are aware, this is just our second investment community conference call. We conduct our first call in November, where we spend some added time providing background on the business and our strategies. We will will try to keep our prepared remarks a bit more brief going forward and allow additional time for your questions. With that said, I continue to be very pleased with the achievements made by the team at Opsons over the past quarter as we achieved solid double-digit top-line growth and profitability both on a net income and EBITDA basis. Specifically, revenue was up 19% during the first quarter at $8.3 million, while improving the profitability of the company with net income increasing 
by 2.5 million. Considering we are still dealing with the impact from the COVID-19 pandemic that has caused temporary closure of several cardiology laboratories, these positive results clearly reflect the continued confidence of our customers and partners in our team, product, and leading-edge technology. As we look to the future of Austin, we continue to accelerate the medical development activities in preparation for our entry in the aortic stenosis market for the transcatheter replacement of the aortic valve, more commonly referred to as TAVR or TAVI. Our next generation guide wire will provide the medical community with innovative first-of-its-kind technology for the improved treatment of cardiovascular disease that will allow us to compete in the fastest-growing market in cardiology, a $4 billion global market opportunity growing, growing more than 40% per year. So with the solid financial performance during the first quarter within our commercialized operation and continued progress in our TAVR development program, we are laying the foundation for a successful fiscal 2021 and beyond. We continue to remain highly optimistic about the long-term prospects for absence to deliver life-changing medical technology to improve patient outcomes. Let's dive a bit deeper into what some of the key drivers were during the first quarter. Sales within our coronary artery stenosis measurement line of business, FFR and DPR, were 5.3 million during the first quarter, an increase of 23%. We saw strong continued adoption in the US where sales were up 31%. This is a direct result of our concentrated efforts to expand and enhance our market share in the US and the first quarter's results clearly show the results of those efforts are gaining traction. As we discussed last quarter, we recently signed the first of what we expect to be a series of group purchasing organization or GPO contracts to expand our presence in the US. The three-year contract with a major GPO will provide its medical facilities immediate access to the optowire and our services to all their 50 members across U.S. We believe this recognition is a validation of optowire's ability to improve efficiency and reduce cost in the treatment of coronary artery stenosis. We are currently working on negotiating with other GPOs and expect to be signing additional GPO contract in the coming year to enhance our market share in, in US. Another key effort is to widely educate the medical community on the benefits of the optowire that will lead to increasing the number of hospitals utilizing the optowire in their suite of services for the improved treatment of cardiovascular disease. It is important to note that only a small portion of the increase during the first quarter is related to the new GPO contract 
which was signed in the previous quarter. We hope that that continued growth from the GPO agreement, coupled with greater overall awareness and usage, will drive solid growth in U.S. going forward. Sales in EMEA were up 15%, while Japan was up 33% during the quarter. The increase in Japan was was generated in part by sales of up to monitor three units. As previously stated, we continue to work through the transition period with our partners to facilitate the conversion from up to R2 to up to R3 in these regions. As we look to the rest of the year, while there continues to be headwinds with effect from the pandemic, our teams are in constant communication with partners, physicians, and distributors, and they generally have a positive outlook for fiscal year 2021 for a ramp-up in optimal procedures. Overall, we believe we will continue to see growth within the coronary atherosclerosis measurement business with continued growth in North America, EMEA, and Japan. Transitioning to our business partnerships for a moment. As most of you are aware, several companies are integrating absence sensors into their products used in medical applications, including Abiamed's integration of our pressure sensors into the, their impeller pump. Overall, when include our coronary stenosis business, plus the contributions from uh, Abiamed for their ventricular assist device, our medical segment sales was 7.3 million during the first quarter. Let's now discuss the performance of our industrial segment. Please recall, in this segment, we are leveraging our optical technology and knowledge through our wholly owned subsidiary called Austin Solution to offer key solutions in optical, temperature, pressure, strain, and other parameters for various industries, including aerospace, nuclear, and power electronics. During the quarter, Absent Solution achieved its highest quarterly revenues since 2016 at 1 million compared to 528,000 in the comparative quarter. These revenues were mainly generated in aerospace and power electronics application for temperature and pressure measurement. While I do not expect this doubling of revenues in the, in, the, in the industrial sector to be a trend at this time, we are making significant efforts to bring to market key product applications within our industrial division that can be additional drivers for revenues, profitability, and long-term value creation. Let us transition to our lead development program now and recap for just a moment. As we looked to capitalize on the expertise we acquired in the development of the OptoWarrior product for cardiology, we developed a strategic plan to launch a commercial product for the uh, TAVR. In multiple studies, minimally invasive TAVR is shown to be non-inferior or superior to open 
suggest surgical aortic valve replacement, including reduction in hospital stay and decrease in death for both high and low risk patients. These are critical elements in managing healthcare costs and improving patient outcomes. This is the fastest growing segment in cardiology, expected to grow at a 43% compound annual growth rate between 2019 to 2025 to reach $8 billion US driven by an aging population, better clinical outcomes, and openness to new evidence that people of all health conditions benefit, benefit from this minimally invasive treatment. Our Tower Guidewire allows for a single wire to diagnose and deliver the valve, reducing complications, saving time and money through its flawless connectivity capabilities. In fact, it would be the industry's first guide wire that can deliver the valve and allow for continuous pressure measurement. This concept has been very well received by a panel of international healthcare experts, and we believe our TAVR guide wire can be a game changer for the treatment of cardiovascular disease. While only a few months have passed since our last call, let me remind all of you where we are on the development pathway. We have recently completed key milestones for the project, including the completion of multiple animal studies of the Tower Guidewire before starting our first in-man trial. The first in-man trial is expected to happen uh, at the end of the summer 2021. We are highly focused on rapidly bringing this product uh, and ultimately to the market with an expectation to receive regulatory approvals to the market uh, as early as 2022. So just to recap a bit before I turn it over to Robin, I am pleased with the overall progress made during the first quarter of fiscal 2021. Total revenue was up 19%, led by 31% growth in coronary artery stenosis revenues in, in US. Every region we operate, we operate in showed growth during the quarter. We achieved profitability on a net income basis and our cash balance uh, remained strong, increasing by $1.3 million during the quarter. We believe we are checking the boxes on a number of key commercialization initiatives to grow Optowire across the globe, including the introduction of Optowire 3 outside North America, as I mentioned, along with the signing of key GPO contracts and overall adoption and improved utilization by hospitals in US. And perhaps most importantly, we continue to make progress on the development of the industry's first tower guide wire that has the ability to allow for a single wire to both diagnose and deliver the valve for the treatment of aortic valve stenosis as we look to enter this potential $8 billion and rapidly growing segment in cardiology. 
I continue to believe we are on pace for a very exciting fiscal 2021 with a number of value creation milestones in store. Let me now turn the call over to Robin for a, a review of the first quarter 2021 results. Robin. Thank you, Louis. And thanks to everyone joining us on the call. The company reported sales of $8.3 million in the first quarter of fiscal 2021, compared with $7 million in the same period of fiscal 2020, an increase of 19%. Sales in the medical segment, which encompass both our coronary artery stenosis measurement line of business, FFRDPR, and OEM, which is mainly our agreement with Abiomed for integration of our pressure sensor into their ampulla pump, total $7.3 million. This was an increase of about $875,000, or 13%. FFR-related sales were up 24%, while the OEM sales were down about $191,000. Sales in the industrial segment totaled $1 million during the first quarter, compared to sales of $528,000 for the same period last year. While longer term, we believe we will see substantial growth in our industrial segment, we don't believe we will repeat the 1 million level again in the second quarter. When you look at gross margins, they were flat compared to the year ago first quarter at 56%, but up compared to 53% during all of fiscal 2020. We expect to see our gross margin increase when we will have fully implemented up to our tree in Nien, EA, and Japan. From an operating expenses standpoint, we continue to efficiently manage the business with overall operating expenses decreasing by $1.3 million during the first quarter of fiscal 2021 compared to the first quarter of fiscal 2020. The decrease is largely explained by lower sales and marketing expenses when compared to last year related to the adjustment of the size of our direct sales force in the U.S. due to COVID-19. Also, please note, we did recognize a non-refundable contribution under the CEWS, or Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy Program, for an amount of just under $500,000. You will see this recognized under other income on the income statement. Adjusted EBITDA, which we define as net earning loss plus financial expenses, depreciation of PPE and right of use assets, amortization of intangible assets, and stock-based compensation costs was a positive $1.3 million in the first quarter of 2021, compared with a loss of $1.2 million in the first quarter of 2020, a $2.5 million improvement. Looking at net income, we had a profit of $0.6 million in the first quarter of 2021, 
compared with a net loss of 1.9 million in the year ago first quarter. The 2.5 million improvement is due to a $0.8 million increase in gross margin as a result of an increase in sales, a $1.2 million decrease in operating costs, and the $500,000 subsidy from the, go the Canadian government. Finally, we have $12.2 million in cash on the balance sheet, and working capital is at $17.5 million as of November 30th, 2020. These are both improvements from the August 31st, 2020 period. With that, I will turn the call over to Louis. Thank you, Robin. So, uh, in conclusion, I want to thank all of our employees for their hard work and dedication, and our shareholders for their continued support. We had a very strong first quarter, and I believe we are position for a continuation of strong operational results and development milestones through uh, fiscal 2021. With that said, let me now turn the call over to your question. Operator? We will now begin the question and answer session. To ask a question, you may press star than one on your touchtone phone. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing the keys. If at any time your question has been addressed and you would like to withdraw your question, please press star then two. At this time, we will pause momentarily to assemble our roster. Our first question comes from Jeffrey Cohen with Leidenberg Thalman. Please go ahead. Hi, Louie and Robin. How are you? Very good. And you, Jeff? Good. 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 I just want to fire through uh, five or six uh Questions. Did you have any uh, large one-time orders to note for the quarter? Uh, you know, in the uh, in the medical uh, device business, as you know, usually it's a, it's a, a good quantity of uh, small orders. So nothing that is uh, that would be uh, relevant. Uh, it, it's more really uh, our, our regular business that happened in the, in the medical. In the industrial, there was maybe uh, one order for. Uh, uh, approximately $350,000. That was, uh, let's say, a, a very positive surprise. It, it is an uh, exciting application, uh, but uh, as per se, it was a, a single, uh, a non-recurring order. Got it. Okay. Um, nice rebound on the gross margins versus Q4. Uh, we continue to anticipate uh, full year 2021 in line with uh, this quarter that you reported. Would that be okay? Does that seem uh, aggressive or not? No, sure. We, we think uh, that there is room to do, uh, to do better. I mean, we, we are comfortable with uh, your uh, current anticipation, but uh, as we, uh, we increase the, the, the rollout of the Optowire tree uh, in, in the, the Japanese and the, the European market, this should help us to see even uh, higher margin. Got it. Can you give us any guesstimate from the field on uh, DPR traction and DPR usage if you were trying to uh, uh, guesstimate out there? Is it being used in what percent of cases do you think? You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit difficult for us because when we sell uh, the up-to-water devices, 
Uh, we don't know if they are going to do FFR or DPR, but based on the, the feedback that we, we get from our customers, we think that uh, the DPR usage in, in, uh, in US is probably uh, you know, 75% or 80% of our volume, uh, while uh, we may be in a situation where it's more 50-50 uh, uh, in, uh, in Europe. And uh, in Japan, our perception is that uh, it's uh, probably 80% uh, being FFR. But uh, at the end of the day, for us, as you know, it's, it's the same uh, device that is being used, the same monitor. So uh, at Opsons, we, uh, we, we uh, have the, the duty to, to provide the choice to our uh, customers. And I think that's what they appreciate is that they can adapt uh, their procedure uh, based on their needs. Got it. Could you talk a little bit about the, uh, the U.S. commercial force currently that's in place at the end of Q1? Uh, I mean, the, we, we don't uh, disclose the, uh, the, uh, the number of our sales force. Uh, what we, uh, we can say is that uh, right now we feel we are uh, properly uh, covering our existing customers. Uh, we probably expect to add uh, a certain uh, number of person, probably uh, maybe five additional person uh, down the road as we get a, a better picture uh, of the uh, vaccine success and, and the, uh, seeing the, the cat labs being uh, working on their backlog of patients following uh, the, the COVID-19 situation. Yep, got it. And then finally, as far as the top line goes, uh, you know, we're, we're still anticipating, uh, you know, year over year, 21 over 20 top line growth of, uh, call it mid-teens at the moment, which looks uh, moderately uh, linear and sequential and growth throughout the four quarters. Does that seem reasonable to you? Or uh, would you guide us one way or another or talk a little bit about the, uh, the cadence for the year? Well, uh, we, uh, we don't uh, disclose, as you know, uh, at current time uh, forecasts uh, uh, to the street. Uh, this being said, when we look at uh, the results of Q1, uh, I mean, we, we are pleased with our results. But uh, th there is multiple uh, areas where we think we could have done even uh, better. Uh, again, COVID-19 has been a, a uh, kind of uh, headwind. But, uh, uh, I mean, COVID-19 has been negatively impacting our growth. Uh, we, uh, we are expecting to see uh, growth for the, the Q2, Q3, and Q4. Got it. And on the uh, OPEX front, Robin, uh, I think we're um, a point or two from a flat line on the total OPEX for 21 versus 2020. Look like 2020 over 2019 was down. Total OPEX down 3.5%. So uh, I think we're thinking of uh, from that to uh, a flat line. Does that also seem reasonable at this point in time? Uh, yeah, on the OPEX uh, size uh, side, uh, we uh, we will have uh, uh, higher expenses in the R&D uh, uh, related to our Tavar project because we will uh, start the the manufacture of the VMV products. Uh, so you we, we will uh, have uh, uh, higher. Um, higher expenses than the Q1 for sure. Got it. Okay, that does it for but me. Nice readout. In general, if I can add, uh, 
from uh, an SG&E standpoint, uh, we feel that uh, the, the Q1 results was fairly uh, representative of what you can expect uh, overall in the year. Uh, as uh, Robin mentioned, uh, clearly, uh, as we are uh, very excited to manufacture currently uh, devices for the VND uh, on the uh, uh, Taver project, this will generate uh, some, some increased uh, costs uh, for Q2. Got it. Thanks for taking the questions. Thank you, Jeff. Our next question will come from Doug Meem with RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> Hi, Louis. Hi, Robin. Um, Good morning, Doug. Good morning. Uh, I guess what's left is just a few questions on um, the situation around the Taver product. Now, you indicated that you're going to start your first demand studies probably at the end of the summer, but could you tell us how many patients you expect to uh, review um, yeah. in those trials? Sure. So uh, we uh, we had the opportunity to start uh, with the uh, FDA. Uh, the, uh, the expectation that they have is to see Austin doing a 20-patient uh, first-in-man uh, study to, uh, to demonstrate uh, the, the safety of the device. So uh, we, we think that this can be done uh, fairly rapidly, uh, you know, in, in the context where we are working with uh, centers that are having uh, significant volume. So uh, we don't see 20 patients being a long study, uh, and, and the study that we uh, need to do, there, there is no follow-up since it's only the, the safety during the procedure. So we, uh, we are going to give our best to, uh, to perform this a, as soon as we can and as rapidly as we can, because we think it will be uh, a significant value driver for us. Uh, today, the, I mean, the feedback that we get from uh, top keeping leaders in the, in the field is that there is a very strong uh, need for the concept that we are bringing. So for us, uh, we think it's, it's very strategic. Okay. Perfect. Um, that's a nice segue into my next question with respect to the marketplace today. Um, the physicians are, you know, are calling for a product like this. Perhaps you could tell us what is available in the market today and why they would prefer a product like this. Well, to, today I would say uh, the TAVR the, the procedures are being performed with uh, either the, the Safari from Boston Scientific or the, the Confida from Medtronic. Those uh, wires are, uh, you know, wires that can only deliver the valve. Uh, in the case of the uh, absence concept, we are going to be able to, uh, to have the same uh, mechanical performance to deliver the valve, but at the same time, we will be able to, uh, to, to measure uh, in a continuous manner, uh, pressure to display that to the, the physician using the optical monitor and also uh, to calculate some, some algorithm that will uh, give the opportunity for the physician to appreciate, uh, you know, the, uh, if, uh, you know, they, they get the, uh, the, the pressure, the gradient, uh, the regurgitation that they want from there. Uh, valve implementation. Perfect. And then finally, 
Just with respect to the introduction of this product, uh, perhaps in 2022, uh, but we don't exactly know. Is, is it your intention to introduce that using your own sales force, or would you expect this to be part of a future licensing agreement? Uh, I mean, there, there is already some uh, some interest around uh, a licensing agreement. Uh, it is a possibility, but I would say that the current plan where Absent is having uh, the full control is, is to use the existing sales channels that we have. So we have uh, a direct sales force uh, in, uh, in North America. We have distributors in EMEA and Japan. And we think uh, this, uh, this sales channel can be used to uh, efficiently uh, deliver uh, our tariff product to the field. And, uh, uh, you know, when we, when we decided to develop this product, you know, that the concept of putting another product in the bag of our salespeople was, uh, was something important, uh, especially in the context where this product can be sold to the, the same customer. And we think it will make us uh, more relevant for our customers, more relevant also with our GPO uh, discussion. Uh, and on top of that, it will make uh, easier the, the task of bringing our, our territory managers to profitability. So at this time, the, I would say we, we still have to evaluate uh, both options, but we, we are very comfortable with, uh, with both uh, in, in the context of the benefits that we would get from uh, each option. Okay, thanks very much. As a reminder, if you have a question, please press star then one to be joined in the queue. Our next question comes from Justin Keywood with Stiefel. Please go ahead. Good morning, and thanks for taking my call. I just had a couple of questions of clarification just around uh, the comments on growth in um, the uh, sales and marketing expenses. Um, so if I heard correctly, you expect uh, growth uh, this year for, for each of the quarters. Uh, I, I guess my first question, is that sequential growth or year over year? It's both. So we think okay. we will grow sequentially, and we will also grow uh, with, the, with the comprehensive year. Okay, thank you. And then the comments on, and if I heard this correctly, uh, the sales and marketing being relatively flat, um, is that correct? I mean, you, you can expect uh, a certain increase in sales and marketing expenses, but uh, this, this increase won't be uh, significant in the overall uh, consolidated figures of options. Okay, and if I interpret, is that just executing on maybe uh, pent-up orders that were perhaps deferred uh, from last year where you don't need that extra sales and marketing expense? Would that be a correct interpretation? I, I mean, we, we are doing both. I mean, we, uh, we are serving our existing customers but we, uh, the, the plan for options is also based on adding uh, new accounts, uh, new partners. Uh, you know, the, the GPO initiative is also a way to uh, expand our customer base. And uh, as we, uh, we get more success with this, uh, we will in increase our, our sales force, which will uh, generate some uh, additional expenses. But uh, overall, for the, the full year, uh, based on the uh, total revenue that we are doing, 
it, it won't be major. Okay. And what would be the indicator that you're looking out for to increase the, the sales and marketing team again, uh, you know, given, you know, still a dynamic situation uh, with the coronavirus? Um, uh, like, is there any metric that you would uh, look to to possibly increase your sales force again? Uh, well, obviously, the, the, the virus is having some impact on this decision. And after that, uh, uh, our capability to, uh, to properly serve uh, our, our new uh, GBO partners and our customers, and uh, also the, 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 the speed of uh, opening new accounts. So those are indicators that will uh, make our decision uh, easy to, to add additional people. Okay, understood. Thank you for taking my questions. Thank you, Justin. This concludes our question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to Louis Laflemme for any closing remarks. Okay, so uh, thank, uh, thank you to all uh, participants to this uh, second uh, conference call uh, of absence uh, on earnings. Uh, we really appreciate your presence and we think the, the, the next uh, few quarters will be very exciting for us. So thanks for attending and looking forward to being in, in contact with you. The conference has now concluded. Thank you for attending today's presentation. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.